Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. Welcome to episode two of the 2023-24 season Hardwood Dynasty Basketball League podcast. I am your host and reigning champion and commissioner, uh, Ethan Shalom Yal Levine. With me today, again, I've got um, the squad, Max Breeze, a.k.a. Godzilla Got Busy, and Andrew Waller, he loves Derek. Um, fellas, how's it going? It, 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 for all these people know, this is the first time we've spoken at all in six weeks. Well, all, I, think, I think the intro should have probably been, you know, first place in Teen Wolf, <laughs> he loves Dirk, and not first place in Teen Wolf, Godzilla got busy. But <laughs> who am I to be picky? You know, who am I to say that not being the host? Ooh, well, Listen. I'm in Division Lola Bunny, which is the which is the senior circuit. So I, I'm not as concerned with. Uh, but also Lola. not first place. Lola Bunny has two Ofer teams, so I don't want to hear about. Yeah, Lola actually, Bunny. our division's very funny. We have four of the top five in Roto and three of the bottom four in Roto, and then your division is like the entire middle of the league together. So, like, I do feel like our division race is kind of over. We have four good teams and three bottoms. I don't know, dude. You could have like a like a, a like a Flint Tropics push for fourth because the top four teams get to join the NBA from the ABA. That's what <laughs> I'm hoping for. Like a late push from one of those bottom three teams to to barely get in and get top four. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're one game ahead. You're one game ahead of Blake right now. But I have so played – there's four teams ahead of me in Roto. I've played three of them, and I've lost all three to Chuck Brennan and uh, and Mark. Mark's team is a fucking wagon. We can we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but I I once I start playing some of these teams below me in Roto, I think I can move up. But it's I that's hubris. You're you guys are correct. It's super early. Crap games. Uh, yeah, Mark is five and zero oh against Lola Bunny exclusively. Like he hasn't even played Teen Wolf yet. Um, which again, this week he's facing another little bunny. So like, you know, Mickey mouse champion right now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Teen Wolf will kill him. I already know it. We've already had, <laughs> we've already had division discussions. Um, we're going to kill him. <laughs> speaking of, uh, so this is, I'm, I'm going, speaking of wolf and mythological monsters, have you guys been watching, uh, Godzilla, the legacy of monsters monarch? I have not oh. started that yet. You got to check it out. Is that like, is it actually good? Or are you just, just spreading your biased propaganda? Both can be true, but no, it's actually so really good. It like it. No, is it's it, uh, as good as the last couple movies. Cause the last couple movies are fine. No. So it's more story based than the last couple movies. Last couple movies are just slam them together. Slam some people. I, together. I can't like, <laughs> I love referring to sex, slamming people together. But I couldn't tell you the plot outside of Godzilla attacks of any of like the four Godzilla verse movies so far, um, or at least the, the modern ones, uh, the, the yeah. AD ones. Um, so, but like Monarch legacy of monsters, it's got Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell's son playing the same character, like 40 years apart. Oh, okay. So pretty interesting, pretty neat. You get some of that, some of that, you know, 
like 50s, 60s feel to it and modern day feels as well. There's just a lot of moving parts. There's monsters. There's new monsters we haven't met. It's neat. I like it. Hmm. There's Lame. new monsters we haven't met. Yeah. And uh, of course, Godzilla's there. He's getting busy as he does. So just wanted to plug that uh, as a fan of, you know, the King Lizard. Well, uh, I don't know how to transition out of that. I To close the division talk, I will say you guys, uh, Teen Wolf has a two-game lead head-to-head -head over Lola Bunny so far. But I think we could also argue that we haven't unleashed our best weapon yet on Teen Wolf, which is Mark. Um, so I guess we can just... Not if he's dead, dude. Not if he's dead. <laughs> I Give him your best shot. <laughs> Uh, fuck you, Bar Harley Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, fuck I you, you Bar Harley Jarvis. Um, I guess we have a lot we can talk about tonight, but just to, to start with general thoughts on the start to uh, the season, then we'll get into trades and, and stuff like that. Uh, my biggest takeaways are, one, the new guys are, are like, regardless of record, the new guys are making moves. They're being active, and so that's already been a lot of fun. And then two is I'm getting very afraid that Mark's team, the only thing that can stop it is injuries in real life. Even though I know it's early in the season to say that he ranks, uh, he ranks in the top seven in every single statistical category this year. So like at worst, he's league average in everything. So, and he's only made nine moves. Like he's not even really having to chase games played to win like counting stats and stuff. He's I mean, he's got elite counting stat guys, but like, you know, he relies so heavily upon Jokic, Sangoon, uh, SGA, who would have traded those last two players? Um, Tatum. <laughs> like it, it, without, without those guys, his team, yeah, Tatum, they're still very, very good, but like, that's very clearly why he's in first and it's a long season. So don't get me wrong. Hats off to Mark. I, I think I called him as my dark horse, not so dark horse to win the championship. Um, and wow, you really went out on a limb there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy that has the best player in basketball, I think he might do okay. Uh, I mean, it's shocking to me how good Greg's team is. Like, I know they're not great on Roto, but he's four and one. Yeah. Greg's team is a good example of why Roto is like, a good guide in the bigger picture, but also like doesn't actually mean anything when it comes to matchups in a vacuum, because it's like, if you're not going to win a category anyway, then who cares if you're dead last or second to last in a category? Um, like Greg has categories where he ranks really high and he's winning on those categories. And then the other ones, like they're, dragging him down but it's the composite is not a reflection of his ability to win six or seven categories any week dude his stocks steals and blocks are fucking ridiculous like he has the same problem as me where it's like not only does he not shoot very many three-pointers but when he does his team misses him um and just lack of volume scoring at all but like he's winning matchups by just dominating steals and blocks and because his guys are taking less shots he's not streaming as much and so he's winning turnovers too 
Yeah, it, it is crazy from a category standpoint that like he's not getting the points and it's not like he's shooting like an absurd field goal percentage or three point percentage or even like a free throw percentage, which most of the time, if if you're not going to win the points and the counting stats, you got to win the percentages because you're not shooting as much um, and you're not just getting pure volume. So it is crazy that he's, that he's four and one. He's probably played his one loss was to me, but all his other wins were probably the shittiest teams in the league. Like max. I, well, no, I haven't played him yet. Okay. Wait, I have played him. I'm not sure. I think I did lose to him, but either way, his team is Ben Simmons right now. Um, Like he's four and one with a Ben Simmons team where it's like, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Blocks and defensive <laughs> presence, but on offense, what do you do? Yeah, he is. Uh, I am curious once we once we get further into the season, um, the road will also be more indicative of the standings as we as the schedules get more balanced out. Because um, yeah, that's where I'm two and three, but I'm not worried because I've played through. Well, I am worried because I lose to all the best teams, so. I have to beat them if I want to win, but I'm not worried in the big picture until I've played everybody and can kind of see. But obviously Greg has built a ton of margin for error for himself, and now he can approach the trade market going forward as a buyer, even if he thinks he might fade. Like he can try and trade to improve now as a buyer, knowing he's already got that four-in-one cushion. He's beaten some good teams. I went back through and looked, and he beat Max, who's a pretty good team. He beat Chuck, who's one of the top teams in the league right now. Chuck only lost. Wow. Right, and he beat – and Paul's team's down a little bit right now, but Paul is – most of the time his team is is closer towards the top than the bottom. So um, those are three pretty good wins right there. Yeah, no kidding. I think Chuck's team is is very good. I also think it's funny we were – Uh, The other team we talked about a lot in the preseason episode um, about having like a really dangerous championship team was Trevor and Trevor's been first in Roto every week so far without jaw. Yeah. Without jaw. And he's uh, he's only three and two, but I think he's somebody who it's like, okay, yeah, that's been, that's following through so far in terms of him being a real championship threat. And uh and Brennan as well. I actually thought Brennan was going to went too went too far into old age, and then LeBron's having like his best statistical start to a year in a while. And Brennan's team fucking murdered me a couple weeks ago. If Trevor's team plays, you know, gets healthy all at the right time, that's a team that I mean, I still think his team depth wise and even star power wise is better than Mark's, but. Again, like he's CJ McCollum's already been hurt. Paul George is definitely going to get hurt at some point. Anthony Davis will sit out and get hurt again. Um, LaMelo Ball is now hurt and is going to miss extended extended time. And who knows like what actually happens with Jaw. Um, so it's more of like a if all of his guys come together, I think it's the best team, but will it actually ever all come together? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pissed off that. My dad as four and one right now with this roster. <laughs> like I, I knew, I know like the structure of his roster. I know he's got bigs. He's got way too many rockets. He's got Dinwiddie and Trey Young. But and like those, some of uh, these, really quick for those who don't know, Max's dad is Chuck, aka Shooter Fletch. Shooter Fletch. Yeah. Sorry, hey. audience of new people. Uh, 
hand up if anybody knows who Simone Fontecchio is. Oh, he had somebody last week that uh, it was a guy named Porter that plays for Cleveland. And I was like, no shot. This is Kevin Porter. And it wasn't. It was a guy I'd never heard of in my life. And he fucking streamed him and ended up edging ahead of me at the in the last evening games on Sunday to win. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Dude, Simone Fontecchio has scored in double digits three out of his last four games for the Utah Jazz because, of course, that's who Simone Fontecchio plays for. <laughs> like, and then what? Tari Eason, Cam Reddish, like just a roster full of guys I have heard of and don't care about. But like, yeah, of course, he's going to take this team and somehow win games with it. Why not? Sure. It's, yeah. it's baseball season again, boys. Yeah, right. I mean, well, he's Maxi ends up being uh, Maxi's incredible. Like post Harden, Maxi is is incredible. And then Dennis Schroeder, he's getting a Dennis Schroeder lift that I'd gotten the past couple years with Van Vliet, which is, man, Toronto sucks, but the point guard sure gets to shoot the ball whenever he wants. And <laughs> so he's he's getting like great scoring from Dennis Schroeder relative to like where he acquired him. And yeah, it's, it's, but we know this about Chuck in all the leagues. Like Chuck is very scientific. He's got, uh, even if his thought process is like, I'm going to have a lot of rockets because I'm going to watch a lot of the rockets. Like he doesn't, it's not so much being reactive. Like Chuck has a plan and he's just executing a plan always. So it's, it's like, I'm, it's frustrating that he's gotten so good so fast, but also I'm not very surprised because it's like, he he doesn't he doesn't tinker out of out of stuff. I tinker well, out tinkers. Of stuff oh yeah, I can't so, get enough tinkering. I'll tinker all day. I'll tinker. Speaking well, totally. of which, to the top tinkers in the league, um, let's talk trades. There have been ten of them so far in the league this year. One of you two has been involved in literally every single one of them. Um, Don't so, comment on my tinker, dude. Don't you ever. No. I think I'm going to leave the floor open to y'all to, to comment on your own tinkering. Is there a particular trade that you are like, yeah, I nailed that or are looking back a little bit with regret? Obviously, Andrew, you have getting Luca. We already talked about in the preseason episode. Yeah, I think it might be easiest. And Max, you can tell me to shut up or I guess you host Ethan, like just start dude, from the bottom, up, dude. like start from the bottom. Jokic. I think we already talked about it, but just quickly, Jokic, I think, is better short-term. Luka plays on my favorite team and is better long-term. So take that how you will. Um, next, I think, Max, that's Cho- uh, Sochan and Gobert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Max. I, so, so let's I just stand by Max's trades real quick. Max, th- Max, he sent earlier, I think the quote in our internal group text was like, uh, I've made – a ton of trades that made my team better, but I still lost. So uh, starting with the, the Sochan trade and Gobert, and I know it's Sohan, damn it. Um, No, it's Sochan. It's it's more Chan. Do you, uh, do you have any trades that you regret? No, no regrets yet. Um, (laughs) And that's not, that's not even something like, I'm trolling about because later in the year I will say, Oh my God, I traded Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm a moron. Um, or like I traded Alperin Sangoon and somebody else traded him for like a boatload 
more than I did. Uh, John Morant. It's John yeah, it Morant. Was, it was yeah. Mark and Trevor. Yeah, I do dumb things. Uh, but for the trades so far, um, no, I'm what I would be getting from Rudy Gobert. Um, I have. That's okay. Like I, I already had two other bigs on Minnesota, and then I just recently traded another one of them because I still had enough rebounds and blocks that I need to make up for it with other things. Um, I say that I'm owing two since that trade, but uh, MPJ for Cam Johnson, no regrets. Uh, partially because MP, MPJ has been better, but he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's one of my PAR guys. If the MPJ points plus assists plus rebounds line is ever under 24, I'm slamming it. I don't care what the situation is. Unless like one of his arms isn't working and he's out there as a decoy. I'm betting it and I'm slamming it. Same goes for Sochan uh, under 20. I know he's been a little cooler lately, but for the year, he's going to average over 20. More often than not, you're going to make money on that. So like I, those are my two my guys trades. I've made some other ones like uh, Rozier draft day trade, traded away a Sar Thompson. Doesn't look very good for me right now, but I got what I needed in Rozier. So like he's been hurt, um, but as far as volume scoring and assists go, he's gonna give me that. Um, my favorite trade so far this year is the one baby trade that we've made so far, which usually we're the biggest baby traders when it comes to whether it's baseball, football, or basketball. The three of us love to baby trade. Andrew and I, I gave him Suggs for Drummond because I just I needed somebody who was going to play eligible at the center position. And Andrew was like, great. I'm not using Drummond. Give me Suggs. This yeah, is I needed perfect. a guard too for that, for that week. I think it was one day. It's like, Hey, I have too many bigs going. I have an open guard spot. And I think I looked at each of your rosters and said, Hey, who needs a big, I need a guard. And it worked. Now I will say, I think Jalen Suggs has been more of a, like, because Jalen Suggs is still on my roster. So it, it it was supposed to be a baby trade, but Jalen Suggs has actually turned out to being a super great depth piece for me that as of right now, I don't really think I can drop. Um, however, I, I do wish, and maybe, you know, after football season, but the the baby trades can can be a big thing, especially on days where you almost have every every game in the league playing. And, it, and if you text someone and can find a baby trade, it gives you the extra game played if you use your five moves, right? So that was a week where I think Max and I both used our five moves and this trade worked out to where we each got an extra move that week. So um takes a little bit of, uh, you know, digging a little bit deeper, I guess, to determine, hey, is there someone out there that I can trade for? Um, but I do wish, and, and hopefully after the football season's over or here soon, that'll happen more. But I, I do love a baby trade. It happens a lot in baseball with pitching and, and stuff like that if you don't need a move at the end of the week. So um, if you're looking into the week and you see, hey, I, I'm not going to lose my matchup and you see a close matchup, you may be able to send some you know, trade for a guy that might help you next week or more long term for a, a move or two um, or just some depth guys to help people win. Um their specific week when you don't need it. That's more towards the end of the season during the playoff time. But um, yeah, baby trades, always trying to find ways to improve your roster. Love um, baby trade. And also I don't, I didn't mind dealing you subs. Like that's great that he's worked out for you. I, he was going to be dropped within three days for me anyways. 
Right. I had, I had a, just a whole bunch of guys leaving the hospital, um, just like getting healthy all at the same time. And I had to clear out, you know, a real big I'd, dump. I'd love to know here, like your deeper thoughts on your Derek Lively, Killian Hayes, really what it is Derek Lively for Walker Kessler in some, some bottom tier at the time, you know, fodder, but uh, kind of what you were thinking there. Oh, I'm so happy about it. I, I drafted Derek Lively under the assumption that I was going to trade him to you because like you have not hidden your Derek Lively boner, which he's been great for the Mavs. Like not, not just in a fantasy way, but like he looks like he and Luke are going to be really good teammates together. And that works out nicely. But for my purposes, Walker Kessler, who I think is in the same round is better at basketball and is one of those guys that can basically like, if I needed blocks, he would be blocks by himself. Like very casually gets anywhere between two and four blocks. Not every single game, but like I get more like, you know, those notifications you get like so-and-so scored 30 points. Like for me, the first couple of weeks, it was like Cam Johnson scored 30 points. Uh, Deer and Fox has four steals. One of them that I would regularly get is Walker Kessler has four blocks tonight. And I'm like, yeah. You yeah. big white guy. I knew you could do it. I'm never going to watch a jazz game, but I'm going to assume you're doing good. Yeah, I was with David when he made this trade. Um, I do think some of it was he's a Mavs fan, so he liked the Derek Lively side of it. Um, before the before the Walker Kessler injury, his stat lines were, you know, he had one, one or two big games, but it looked just really gross. Like, okay, is this guy actually going to do something? I think he had a couple where he had like single digits in points and rebounds. Yeah, his blocks are always going to be pretty good, but just single point, single digits across the board. Now, from coming back from injury, he's looked fantastic. Um, so I think it was maybe a little bit premature, but I, I I think I still like it as a pretty even trade, especially considering a, you know, a Dallas Mavs fan getting what looks to be the, the future kind of center um, in the Mavs starting rotation right. for the foreseeable future. I don't, I don't hate it because with Kessler, I love Kessler because he's so good on defense. And so he's going to be on the floor because of the impact he makes on defense. So even if he's get putting up single digit stat lines for a spell, like that's never going to compromise his spot in the rotation. Only health will, because he's such a difference maker on defense. And so he's going to shoot a high percentage. He's going to, be a regular impact player. So he's going to give you chances to add to all your categories. That said, the reason I love Lively is because he's the perfect complement to a player like Luca. Like Luca has needed a rim runner and has never had one in Dallas until now. And so right now, the biggest problem with Lively is that they're bringing him along slowly He's only uh, playing 24 minutes a game. It, once he starts playing 34 minutes a game, his eight point seven and a half rebounds, one block are going to go up to, even if he doesn't get any better and they just go proportionately from playing more minutes, that's going to go up to like 12, nine and a block and a half. But realistically, he's somebody that could grow to be like a 14, 10 and two blocks a night guy. Um you know, for many years playing alongside one of the best players in the league. And then, yeah, David's also a Mavs fan. So it's to Max's point of, he thought he was going to trade lively to Andrew. That logic still pretty much prevailed. It just went to a different Mavs fan. 
Yeah, I'd like yeah. to talk now. We I guess we can talk about like the four most recent ones because I think there's been a little bit of a break, and now I think over the past two or three days we've had again still Max and I, but kind of an uptick in trades. Yeah, um, the big one I think that the Carl Anthony Towns in some bottom tier, bottom end roster guys for Scoot, Bruce Brown, and Keegan Murray. Um, I'll kind of explain my thought process, and then Max, you can go into yours. Um, I've, there's no, you know, I've been asking the group text for, I think every week since the season started, Hey, I need rebounds and, or I need bigs. Um, it was getting to a point where I needed it. I thought I needed rebounds so big and, and, and center depth on people's rosters didn't look super enticing that I was pivoting my search to look for guards that had high rebound numbers. Um, I had texted Max a couple of times about wanting cat and it never really made sense. Um, the way I look at it, Keegan Murray um, has high upside. He's a, I think he's a fourth round keeper. I worry about the upside from a keeper standpoint. He, he's for this year. I think he's fine. Um, but I'm wor- I was kind of worried about how is the upside capped just because De'Aaron Fox, who already takes so many shots and is already the primary ball handler and Sabonis is already the number two option how how much upside is he actually going to be able to get to considering those two guys are on the floor so much and demand the ball so much um scoot I, I think scoot is still better than what he's been so far early in the season but i think no matter what it's difficult to foresee him being kept in the second round um so i was okay giving him up and bruce brown i think is a super good role player on the back end of someone's roster as in you know, if, if you need a fifth keeper, Bruce, that's, I needed an extra keeper and Bruce Brown was that for me because he's in a super late round. And um, I think he's getting a little bit of a stat boost because he plays with Halliburton, which is awesome. Um, To me, just, it it was impossible. Even though I can't keep Carl Anthony Towns, um, the upside there, especially if he ends up potentially getting traded, considering what I needed roster wise um, was too much for me to pass up. Well, and I think to, to a point, you made it uh, on Bruce Brown here, but I think it just applies to trades in general also. Even if nobody is going to end up keeping Bruce Brown, like Bruce Brown is going to be somebody that's rostered all year. He's going to be somebody that if he was on waivers, like you wouldn't wait for him to become free agent. Like you would use a waiver priority. And we already talked about how we looked at the kind of the last two rounds for a later topic in the podcast and, almost all of them have already been dropped right and so it's he's got value there that's where i think max also and i'm about to let him share his side of it but where i think he recouped good value because like someone like um jaime jaquez who right now is gonna if the season ended today first team all rookie i almost guaranteed like right now i he might have top five betting odds on rookie of the year there'll be bad odds behind Wemby and chet but like he's probably first team all rookie wasn't drafted, not keeper eligible, but only going to get better throughout the year and is already pretty good now. And it's like, he's somebody again, if he was on waivers, I would use my waiver priority to add him. So even though he can't be kept like good, get in return for max who obviously gave up the That's big me. single piece in this or free. Sorry. I got uh, him and cat. Yes. For uh, no. Oh yes, you did. I'm stupid. Okay. Either way. He's another guy like Bruce Brown, who I, I think has, even if he's not kept has um, 
value above streamer value in a trade. Anyway, Max, uh, your your side of the deal. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I I can't have enough kings. Uh, <laughs> I, like I realistically looked at offering for Malik Monk uh, late last week, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Um, but no, I, I'm I'm thrilled to get Keegan. And I'll be honest, like I probably don't keep Keegan. I probably flip Keegan later in the year. And I think he's because like I watch a lot of Kings games. Like I, I want to say most Kings games that are on, I catch at least a quarter of them. And Keegan is a bigger part of the team this year than he was last year. He's hurt right now, but whenever he's on the court, like they design plays around feeding him the ball in open space because he can make stuff happen. He can shoot. Um, he's a good distributor. Like he's a really solid number three behind two superstars. Uh, but for me, the big get from the trade was scoot. Cause like scoot's been awful so far. I've seen it. Like I, I get it, but Portland doesn't have, aside from Deandre Ayton, a whole bunch of guys that, you know, you've heard of. Uh, so like somebody's going to need to score that ball. And I imagine he is like, they're going to want to develop him to be the Dame replacement, which it's not an apples to apples comparison, but that like, they're going to allow him to carry the offense at some point. And to me, those stats, especially knowing that like the upside is there is totally worth trading away cats like not redundant stats but beefing up stats that i was already good at with rebounds blocks um some volume scoring still but mostly it was rebounds blocks some assists um especially given his injury history like i i've had my fair share of injury prone guys or long resting lebrons you know and i'm just like i i already know there's a there's a heartbreak built into owning cat at some point, it might not even be this season, but like if you kept him beyond this season, which Andrew obviously wouldn't because he has Luca, like he's going to get hurt again long term at some point over the next couple of years because he's built like that. Like that's that's just that's what happens with Cat. So all of this is to say I, I was happy with my return. I don't think I pulled one over on Andrew. I was really happy that I very quickly was able to talk to Luke. Um, and flip Bruce Brown and DeAndre Hunter for Austin Reeves in a drop spot because I love Austin Reeves. And I was trying, which uh, so much of this trade that Andrew and I made, as well as the Luke trade, is built around one guy that I'm probably the only person. Well, no, there are two people in this league that care about this guy. He's number 35 on the court and he's number one in your hearts. It's Goga Bidatsi. Okay. He's amazing. He's great. He has earned more minutes on the magic front court. Um, I understand Wendell Carter's coming back. And so that's going to hurt him, but I still think he should get 20 minutes a game because he's, he like, he's not a volume scorer, but boy, does he crash those boards and like he distributes too. Like there, if, if he is unable to score down low, he kicks it back out. The guy gets a fair number of assists. Goga is a great player. I did not want to drop him because Another one of those guys I enjoy watching and happy to say I've bet his PAR multiple times. If it's around like 16, 15 and a half, I'll bet it because he's probably going to hit it. Guy's going to get like, if he, if you give him 25 minutes, he's going to get eight rebounds at least. So 
all of that, that at least that, uh, that trade with Luke was solely designed around, okay, can I trade two of these guys and upgrade one position so I can keep my Goga? And I did. There you go. You know, I didn't think it was a bad trade, especially you and I. I think you talked about how you wanted some additional three-point shooting or more points. Not that Austin Reeves has been great from three this year, but it still helps a little bit if he gets hot. Um, I, I can't get worse at three-point percentage. I'm the only team in the league shooting under 30% from three. So, like, chalk it up. Yeah, it up I, I don't care. Anybody could take a shot. I'm, I'm falling back there with you, too. I lost last week shooting 28% from three, and this week I'm shooting under 30% from three again. I feel like three-pointers are – like, obviously, you want the best players contribute to a lot of categories. But guys who are, even if they're just three-point specialists, are a lot like, um trying to think of a good example from, like, fantasy baseball. Like, Joey Gallo or, like, shit like that. Where, or even Kyle Schwarber, who just strikes out or hits home runs. Like, it, even if you don't do anything else, the one thing you do contribute in is the category or is the thing that impacts the most categories at once. Field goals made, three-pointers made, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and points scored. Like every three-pointer impacts half your half your line. And so uh, in that sense, I feel like a guy like Keegan Murray or uh, stuff like that are, are really um, super valuable. You guys want to know a, a fun little stat and yes. how Max is bottom tier three-point shooting and three-point percentage? Max sure. is Max is so fun Max is four and one in the category this year in three point percentage. <laughs> That's defense, baby. So four we four and one in three point percentage made. We don't shoot threes very well, but let me tell you, we defend the perimeter. Okay, you want to score, you got to get down low. Oh, come on! I mean, like if if I'm going to be four and one shooting under thirty percent, dead last in roto. There's something to that. Just to touch, I guess we have two trades left. I'll briefly touch on the Beal for Zubak. After I got Towns, I said, hey, like there's an opportunity. If there's an opportunity here to buy low on Bradley Beal, um, I'm a try. And that's who Greg wanted. So I gave him to him. And so I think it's a buy low for Bradley Beal. I think even though he's only played three games with the Suns, I think he got enough. I mean, he, he took seven you know averaged 15 shots a game um so i think he'll get close average close to 20 points a game and and three to four assists and i i'd rather have that than the the zubak stats especially consider now he's gone off since i traded him but daniel thesis was taking a lot of his minutes at the time so maybe a little bit of a andrew just likes to trade move but I still like the upside long term for what I hope is a playoff run. But I, the bigger trade I think is between Max and Victor. I, I like what both teams did. I think both rosters got better, um, considering where they're at. But Max, I'll let you talk about that one for a little bit. It's fun talking trade with Victor because he openly will admit that just like me, he has no idea what he's doing. I really appreciated that. Like we were talking about it, and I was like, all right, throw out some names I like. I'll throw out some names I like. And uh yeah, I like I gave him a lot. He got a lot in return. Cam Thomas has been 
electric and he is supposedly coming back tomorrow night from injury. So we'll see if he can keep that up. If he can, I lost this trade period. Like, if, well, if Cam Thompson, I think there'll or, be a little bit of regression, but I mean, even if a little bit of regression, Cam Thomas is a great keeper, which Victor needs. With well, Andrew. he's not a keeper. Andrew, no, well, Cam Thomas wasn't drafted, yeah. but again, he's somebody that right, right, right. He can flip or is yeah, or yeah, true that he can flip later anyway. And uh, but I also Andrew, when Max made this trade, thought Max lost it. I was, I, I did. would say Max. Wanted my concern though is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson kind of is seems washed based on like like uh, the little bit of Warriors I've watched slash just looking at his stats slash just the smart people that I read say that he's washed. But I felt like uh, <clears throat> it was the only part of it that I didn't like. I had no problem with giving players up because the best player in that whole trade is Desmond Bain, who Max got. So yeah, I think yeah, at the very least, Max got the best player back. There's no, like, I don't see that as an L for him because of that. I am worried about Clay. Uh, Max, I'm not, I didn't know if you were getting Clay just to snipe threes or if you're like, if he's somebody you're like looking to keep long-term. I, I, I'm not sure I'll keep him long-term. I'm not sure how much more long-term there is for Clay. Um, that being said, he averages like 30 minutes a night and over his past five games, the least amount of three pointers that he shot is eight. So I need him. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever Clay's going to give me, I'll take it. Like I, this, this trade wasn't made with keepers in mind, despite the fact that Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon is the thing that hurts the most for me from the trade. So it was Cam Thomas, Aaron Gordon, Jalen green for Clay Thompson and Bain. Um, and I, I don't know, man. Like I said, if Cam Thomas is able to score like 24 or more points per game for the rest of the year, like he keeps up that pace and then Gordon comes back and continues to be a good third piece for Denver and Jalen Green does his empty scoring, albeit, you know, valuable in fantasy still, uh, I probably lost this trade. But from I, 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 I think it hinges on I don't think Cam Thomas – is going to be able to do that all season long. I did watch his meteoric rise last season of being able to score. And then it just, it didn't, it, he stopped. He stopped doing it. It stopped happening. From a Victor's team standpoint, I, I think, I think the trade is actually closer than I, when, than I, when I first saw it. But for Victor, I think while Jalen green may not be a keeper of his, I think he can get a, a good keeper in return for Jalen Green. I think Aaron Gordon is absolutely in his five keepers for next year if he keeps him. As of right um, now, absolutely he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and same with Cam Thomas. Even if there's and, – and again, Cam Thomas went from not being drafted in our draft, which is pretty deep, and now he's averaging, you know, I think over 25 – I think he's averaging 27 points a game. Like, even if that comes down to averaging 22 points a game, like that's again somebody that he can flip to get another keeper. Um, so I think from Victor's roster side of things, I mean this isn't this is without me actually deep diving. I would argue that Aaron Gordon, Jalen Green, and Cam Thomas might be three of his top five players on his team right now. Yeah, I mean they they very well could be. Uh, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, Quigley's up there. Quigley is is one of them. But other than that, like maybe Mark Williams. I mean, I, so I whenever Miles we were, Bridges. I mean, I whenever like we Mark were Williams. Gonna, yeah, when we were going to get to the keeper portion, I was about to just bust a nut. About we could just dovetail right into it. So we were, right. that's been trades with the two people in the league that trade. Um, this next segment is let's talk keepers. So picking up right where we left off. Yeah, like I think if we're talking about Victor's top five keepers, that's not the same as his top five players as evidenced by like Cam Thomas is not keepable. But I do think Aaron Gordon is both in his top five players and top five keepers. I think Mitchell Robinson's just so early, but I thought Mitchell Robinson was kind of washed and now he's fucking awesome again this year. So he does Mitchell have Robinson's some guys. Big. He's just big. You know, yeah, well, he blocks a lot. He's another guy that's a great rim defender. He's gonna yeah. team's got good centers, as I look. He, he does. And it's it's uh, as Andrew's talking about guards from you because he needs guards. That's it's quite a thing to have, um, according to because Andrew had a tough time trading for one. The one thing I told Victor was like, "Hey, if you're gonna shop Mark Williams, talk to me first. Like, like run run an offer by me and I'll outbid it. You know." Um, <laughs> and he responded with, "I yeah, I'm not gonna trade Mark Williams." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I get I good smart man." Good, smart, good, smart. Um, but like, yeah, he's also got Keontae George, another undrafted somehow uh, player who looks great, you know. But moving away from just Victor's team, I, I I'm thinking about keepers that like, like I know we could talk top keepers in the league right now. Domas Sabonis in the sixth is probably top two ish. I get that, but like, if we wanted to talk about guys that are new keepers for this year i think the seventh round is very very interesting considering it's there's mark williams who we were just talking about um chuck really likes tari eason and took him in the seventh but but seems to think that he's got something there but brandon miller and asar the superior twin thompson for greg uh that's a lot of value on top of Wiggins, LaMelo Ball, uh, and Tyler Hero, who are already kept in the seventh. Like Brandon seventh Miller. round is becoming a money round. Seventh round is a uh, is a round. Well, it's the round where the real run on um, some of these rookies and younger players seems to have started the last couple of years. I know Andrew and I both reached on rookies in, in Scoot and Amen Thompson, who's been hurt. But then, like, yeah, Sar and Brandon Miller in the seventh this year. Um, last year, Mark Williams in the seventh, Tar Eason in the or no, I guess Chuck took Tar Eason this year in the seventh. Uh that is a that isn't especially because that's like the pretty much the midpoint of the draft. You know, it's 14 rounds. Um, so that is a a round where it really starts to get interesting, as opposed to like keepers in the first five rounds, where it's like I don't want to say it, that's chalk, but it's like if you're going to keep five people, the the best of, above value, I feel like, starts at like the sixth or seventh round. Oh, for sure. And you want to talk about a team that doesn't need to get another keeper that got another keepable guy in the draft is Trevor. Uh, if you look at his 10th round, he got Isaiah Stewart, who – no idea how he made it to the 10th round, but based off of his current stats, he's not like 
an elite big, but having that value, uh, being that young and having that pedigree in the 10th round, Trevor's going to be able to flip him later in the season. So Rich got richer there. Good job, everybody else in the league letting him do that. Yeah, well, it's it's Isaiah Stewart is that law of – it's not apples to apples because he's not a, like a scoring guard, but it's like my law of Monte Ellis of like yeah, – it doesn't necessarily mean that you're even good per se. It just means that you start and play 34 minutes a night for a shit-ass team who's got nowhere else to turn. They're terrible. So like the Wizards just beat them the other night and he played so many minutes and like, yeah, he'll impact the box score, but like they're losing the whole time that he's on the floor. So I think like Trevor will, that's somebody who I, the point of this being, I agree. Like those are my favorite kind of players because he's going to have value and he's going to have protected value because they have nowhere else to turn. And like, they're invested in Stewart. So that's like, those are my, those are hilarious. Not to put anybody like, so like Isaiah Stewart, right? Again, great, great guy in the 10th. However, is that somebody that you think like, what is something realistic that you think one of the bottom teams would actually trade for Isaiah Stewart? Cause like, I'm just, I, I have, I already have David's team pulled up. So that's the one I'm looking at. So it's like, I wouldn't I I wouldn't give up Cade Jamal. I'm trying to think of players that like Trevor would actually be like, okay, yeah, I'm giving this guy up for him. Like, is it Gordon Hayward? Probably not. Is it Drew Holiday? I I don't know if David does that. I'm just trying to look through some bottom teams like from a trade standpoint and be like, I just don't know. I'm not saying Isaiah Stewart is bad. But I don't know if it's an if he would ever get anything like big enough in return to give him up. Yeah, I think I, that's... looking at looking at Victor's team right now, I'm like, uh, yeah, Victor would probably give him maybe Westbrook, uh, maybe Keontae George. You know, if if, if you're just like shopping somebody who like I, I think that's the tier of value. Which, granted, he wouldn't do that now, but later on in the season, as we you get think you think deadline, Trevor would do that for Wes- Russell Westbrook right now. I don't Definitely. think he would. Like, no. I, that's that's the other side. Same of with same with Keontae George. Like I don't. I think that one makes more sense, especially for. I, I just don't know if Trevor actually does that. But that's the other side of the empty stats thing. Also, is Trevor can just keep Isaiah Stewart and be like, you don't really matter. The Pistons don't really matter. But you're gonna keep getting all these empty stats, and I'm gonna ride you to hopefully a championship. And I don't care to just put you back in the draft. If he needs if he needs something specific, if he needs more assists or he needs blocks or something like that, like flipping him for Mitchell Robinson, who is a blocks machine. Like I don't think Trevor would do that either personally. Maybe. Well, I that's a actually I think that one is definitely more interesting because it's like, hey, Mitchell Robinson is well, I'd have to look at their stats, but in my mind, he's you get a similar stat line plus blocks. He's in the second round and Stewart's in the 10th round. So it's like, okay, that swap makes more sense to me in terms of Victor trying to get backloaded keepers and, and go back into the draft with early picks next year. Would Trevor do it? I don't know, but that's much closer than like the Westbrook example, I think for sure. But I think it's, I I think if, if it was like a yes or no answer, Trevor, you can't shop it around. I think he would do that deal right now. Mitch Robinson for Isaiah Stewart. 
It, yeah, I would. It, I would rather have him. What if the Knicks get Carl Towns though? I mean, okay, well, then it's like ah, oh, crap. I would rather have just had Isaiah Stewart back. What if Isaiah Stewart gets abducted by aliens? You know, like no, the, but, a, but the Carl Towns to the Knicks has been a real rumor. Has have people been talking it's a about rumor, that? but just yeah. like, uh, but but to for to be fair, that it's been a talking point. To be fair, it's not like it just came up a week ago, but uh, but you do know that Minnesota has a log jam at bigs, and if they can get similar value from Nas Reed for much cheaper cost. Carl's the one that would get traded. Like that does make sense. Either way, um, the the person that I think is going to be really interesting at the buyer seller deadline, if he chooses to be active, is Chase. Because Chase, on paper, has a lot of good players, but also the way Chase's team is constructed, he's stuck. Because all his best players. <clears throat> injury history and they're all in the first five rounds so he can never build past his keepers he always just starts over in the same exact place every year so i think that could mean moving Giannis in the first to a win now team for like a huge package of late keepers or durant in the fourth or something like um because it's crazy to think like yeah he's got Zion, who's playing now, he's got Duran, he's got Giannis, and he's 0-4-1. But again, I think it's he'll be in the same place next year. He'll have those same five keepers who are a year older, and then he'll start the draft in the sixth round, which is really hard to do. So, I, I don't I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he'll make the big the big splashy moves because it like I, I've seen him do it in football before, but it was uh like draft pick trades. It wasn't like big player specific like trades. Big, trades he's yeah. he's difficult to trade with with tangible value like and i also he, think he, he always he wants baseball too that those true. guys being he wants in profit. The, those guys being in the early rounds so like again if he was going for it right like those guys are still solid keepers regardless of the round but it's going to be tough for like a playoff team to give back enough value for him to trade Giannis in the first well i see i don't know if that's necessarily true if he's in the mindset of long term so if for instance he gets like um i don't have a perfect example off the top of my head let's say what's a what's a Giannis Giannis for a keeper like like well i think you would have to i think it would be more like Giannis for two players who are obviously i mean almost no basically just like Jokic and Luka and Embiid are as good as Giannis right now, but uh, I think it would be more a matter of like I don't think he trades Giannis. Blake has. I'd have to look at who. I think it'd be more likely to trade Zion or Porzingis or something like that. I don't think he would get good enough late round keeper value from the bottom guys because they're also wanting later keepers, and the top guys aren't going to want to give up. But you have to also think, again, in terms of opening up early picks, like Carl Towns is probably going to be back in the draft next year. As of right now, he has to be because you're keeping Luka and stuff like that. So (laughs) opening up your first round pick and having Zion versus opening up your second round pick and having Giannis, it's not like those two situations are that different in terms of what would he be willing to. It's just a matter of does he want to get – like, what's his threshold for 
having a you know really sexy value late round. But like Trevor, if Trevor really wanted to go all in and he was like Ingram in the ninth and fuck, I need to pull up our statement. it's I, I see like would Trevor would would this Trevor would be, be a, the type of team to do it? I think right. I don't know. I don't know who Chase has, but like would Chase do CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram? No. No, I think he would need to do like like Bam out of bio and, and Brandon Ingram. Because I don't think Trevor would do that. Which that's okay. That's fair. That's but that's okay. my that's point my of like goes, for it to like be Bam and, and Ingram. Like I don't think a, that like that's what would get it done. Or, but I don't think a team that's a winning team is going to do that. Like going to give <laughs> up that like that much. Because Trevor, well, it just depends. Because Trevor would still have, you know, like Morant, Chet, Lamelo to keep but yeah i think he would like i guess trevor is a good example because like if you look at his roster like from a keeper perspective isaiah stewart brandon ingram chet lamello john morant bam like those those are more than five right so let me not that he would like go win who cares but if he was like let me see if i can get a two for one that makes sense i I just think trading for I don't I think Chase would only trade I think there's like five guys Chase would want back to get to give up Giannis. Okay, here's here's a crazy hypothetical. Who says no? Giannis and Zion to Mark. Fuck you Bart Harley Jarvis for <laughs> fuck you. Alperin Sangoon in the 10th and Malik Monk in the 9th. Mark won't. Mark, Mark uh, says Mark no won't because he move can't keep Sengun because yeah, because he's going to keep uh, Jokic, and there's no reason for it. He gave up Jaw to get Sengun, and now that's actually looking like, uh, well, now it looks great because Jaw's not fucking playing, and Sengun's <laughs> playing awesome. But even when Jaw comes back, like that's starting to look like an even trade, given he's six rounds later, and he's not uh, he's not going to give that up for a guy he can't keep. Yeah, if he didn't have Jokic, then probably. But because uh, Trevor, his first round pick was either Anthony Davis or Paul George, and the other was probably his second. Like he's not going to keep either of those guys anyway. So he would keep Giannis. Like I think a good uh, trade if there if you could find one would maybe be with Blake, if he values Giannis super much like much much higher than Dame like I know he and the keeper runoff draft drafted later round guys but like I don't think he has a name that would make it worth it like I just Trevor would be one because like he's not going to keep Anthony Davis in the first probably who actually knows but it's just like I think the 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 teams with the with the players with the roster that the the team that has the players to be able to give up to get Giannis already have like top tier first round picks. Not me, man. I don't have a first round pick on my roster, but also I don't have the guys to get Giannis that I would give up. Like I would not trade uh, Domas for Giannis. I wouldn't do it. But you have the guys, but once you get Giannis back, you wouldn't have the supporting cast to stay as good as you are right now. Like most of us have the guys to get Giannis, but only a few have enough infrastructure to take Giannis back and still be loaded around him pretty much. Just Trevor and and Mark Brennan is a is an interesting one, except for 
some of his best players are older. So I have, you know, he could want to go all in, cash in on those guys, but also like, does he have the young assets that, because Chase will, will want rebuilding assets in return. Um, well, I mean, some of this might be how, how do they view a dynasty league? You know, do they, are they doing this with the hopes of building a dynasty? Because like based off of every dynasty league we've been in, the baseball one, first and foremost, there aren't many dynasties. Like there's a, oh, this team stays good for a long time. But like. Well, that's for, what I think of as being a dynasty is yeah. like. Like this, make the playoffs. Every not year. in real life. But in this sense, I think of if you're a threat to win it every year for eight or nine straight years, like in the baseball league. And sorry to those who are not in the baseball league. Like Brad, his run with Harper, with Goldschmidt, with, I think I'm blurring guys from different. But, but Brad has had a core of good draft picks that he's kept for eight or nine years now. And he's won two championships and he's made the playoffs numerous other times in that span. And uh, I've something on game for you. Like you've had Altuve for 10 years and you've made the playoff, you know, is there that, something yep. on Paul's roster that makes sense? Like a Scotty Barnes in the ninth, which I think is a really good keeper. And real. I agree. You, you can't start the conversation with Scotty Barnes. For Giannis, it, it just that that. Well, no, I. But in terms of, he's he, gonna have to for it to be realistic. He's gonna have to take a loss, like unless he's like, nope, give me Steph Curry and Scotty Barnes. Well, and even then, it's you know, what's getting another first round pick back who's older doesn't solve his problem. No, the Chase's problem is that he needs right. to free up early round picks, in my opinion, and so. I, to Andrew's point, he's going to have to take a loss on talent where the value is made up in youth and late roundedness. And so in that sense, not just Scotty Barnes, but a deal that includes, I would want Scotty Barnes included if I was Chase. I agree with that. It sucks because there's a lot of good, like uh, I look at some of these teams and I'm like, there's a lot of good early round value that is still like, like it's it's not late round value, but it's after the first. So like I love Zach Levine in the fourth, but he's got Durant in the fourth. Like Chase is locked through the first five rounds. So I to me, I think that's where all the name and that's where all the name and that's where all the name power is. Like he would need one of the name powers plus a late round guy to give him up. And then you're talking about, well, no, then I have to give up both Giannis and Kristaps or both Giannis and Zion. And that that's when it just tilts out i think i think he's stuck with Giannis, and the more likely guy he i would try to trade is one of is zion and chris Stapps. now he's not going to get as much but that's what would be more of the the focus i think i would be looking to get i'd be shocked I, i'd be shocked if he does any of this before the deadline though yeah. like I, and it's more fun talking about the like the bad teams at the bottom, like right now. And again, it's so early that this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but if you look bottom Roto, right, it's, you know, it's Victor's it's Blake, it's David R. Um, that's where it gets real fun from a trade. Dude, perspective. David R is kicking my shit in right now. Okay. So I don't want to hear yeah, him. Dude, his, his, team is, his team is much better than it's doing. In my I opinion. agree. I think his, uh, Roto has been a reflection of uh, that Wemby's just been a little bit of a roller coaster ride early on in terms of like some nights he's dominant, then he's had a couple nights where he's been like 
you know, two of 13 shooting or something like that, where he's really uh, now it's starting to get a little, feels like it's starting to get a little more consistent I mean, all the time. I'm sure, you know, the biggest leaps and improvement will be made over summers, but like his team right now is so much of he, it's not about if Wemby's going to give him first round value this year. It's just about is Wemby going to give him top three in the league value for the next dozen years after that. And so I, I agree. I think he's got good infrastructure. You know, I'm a Wemby doubter, you know, I am, but his most recent recent stat line, 22 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, six steals, four blocks. Right. He's already like an elite defender. And, and, he was still minus, and he was still minus 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I think you could do the uh, like the Angels Trout Otani thing where it's like Wemby does this stat line that hasn't been done since George Mike and himself, and the Spurs fell to three and 15 on the season. Right. I'll tell you, right, right. If, if I was David and, and I talked to, I don't talk to him as much about, especially since it's football season, we talk occasionally about the basketball stuff. I'm trying to put together a package right now to go after one of Trevor's later keepers. We already Ooh, talked about how how Trevor already has more than five. If if I'm David, I'm gonna go try to be like, hey, what do you want for Brandon Ingram, or what do you want for you know Lamelo Ball's tricky because he's hurt, but like when Lamelo Ball plays in the seventh, he's a top keeper. Like, what is something, especially now that he's gonna be out a little bit, could David give up like a like a Drew Holiday in one of his you know four through like Jamal like I don't know but like a Drew Holiday and something for Lamelo Ball or, or something like that because Trevor has Trevor's roster is so good enough he he needs like it already has more than five keepers I mean I'll be honest if I was David I'd be like you can have anyone on my team that's not named Wimby for Chet. Oh, um, not that Trevor would do that, but a similar thing that I did. Do that, but I completely agree. A similar thing that I did for Jokic, but obviously Chet's in a much later round. But if I'm David, that's one hundred percent what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm going to Ethan. I'm going to, um, whoever. I I'm even I'm going to Paul and say, hey, you can have anyone on my roster not named Wimby for Scotty Barnes. You can have anyone on my roster not named Wimby for. Anthony Edwards for Tyrese Halliburton. Not that, not that it's going to work out like that because he still has Julius Randle. He still has Derek Lively. He's not going to want to give up either one of those guys either. I would give one no, of those guys up in a heartbeat for one of those guys. I think I would give up both of them. Randle for Barnes. More. Yeah, I mean, because the thing with excuse me, Randall is he's. Uh, I mean, he's a good player, but he is what he is. This he's is on the back time. end of his. Like and he is uh getting a little less consistent. The Knicks have the Knicks are very aware and the NBA world is very aware that like okay, you can you're obviously someone who can be part of a winning team, but like the Knicks are not gonna win the championship with you as our number one, that's for sure. And so there's it's always like what move is coming, Carl Anthony Towns or shit like that. I Buddy Barnes like, is 22. I feel like just the and the late round. And, um, yeah, I think there's tears to it, but I do think, um, to Andrew's point, like Chet in the eighth on Trevor's team, Halliburton in the ninth, 
um, Anthony Edwards in the ninth. Those are guys that are probably already top 25 fantasy players and they're 22 years went under. And uh, same thing to Chuck with Tyrese Maxey in the ninth. You can yep. have anybody but Wemby for Maxie in the ninth. I would I would even con- like Jalen Brown's another another one. Like, <laughs> hey, I'll give you what do you want for Jalen Brown? What do you Jaylen want? Brown for- would I would I would be willing what to do you, take what do you want for Tatum? Right? Not not that Mark, you know, Mark's tough because it's like, nope, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Right, but Mark's like, <laughs> but like, but like would, to be undefeated right. if that's okay. Like, would Mark like probably not, but would Mark be like, hey, you know what, I'll give you Jason Tatum? For Jamal Murray, Cade Cunningham, and Chris Middleton. Right. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would try to go. I'm texting Trevor tomorrow. I don't care if it's this early in the season and say, hey, again, anyone on my roster except for Wimby for Chet. Now, I think he'd be like, no, I'll give you Chet for Wimby. But. Yeah. Like I would I would that I would, would be, be ask I would be asking those questions because and again you never want to punt not punt but you never want to like give up on this season but as like we noticed in the first year that we did this like if you're one of the first people to sell you can take advantage of that. Right, you set the market and as I think we've learned in like in the baseball league as different people have entered at different times over the years um, like sometimes you just need to think infrastructure first. And if you've got two guys that are going to be perennial top 10 fantasy players for a decade, and they're both as young as, you know, Webby plus Halliburton or Wemby plus Anthony Edwards or what have you, then from there, you can figure it out in next year's draft. Like, yeah, it would suck to not have, I didn't have five keepers. Five this keepers, but yeah, I was going to say Andrew went all in to get uh, Jokic last year, and he didn't even keep five guys this year. But he, and but he, you still get those picks. You still end the draft with the same number of players as every other team. So, in that sense, I feel like, yeah, just as many top end guys as you can, as you can get. Now, obviously, the line anybody on my team but Wemby that you're not going to trade like eight guys for one or anything like that. You're going to get. You're talking three or four because then the other guy starts throwing in also other valuable pieces at that point. But I, if I'm, and again, if if even Victor, but if I'm, even if I'm Blake, I'm, if I'm Blake, I'm shopping Damian Lillard right now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's game is. I'm not going to get the uh, the um, the same value as a just because he's in the first round, but somebody who wants to go all in is going to. But he's yeah, and he's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to get like a one of those top end keepers that we just talked about with with David. But like, I think I think David's roster is a little bit more like win now and like more bigger names, and I think Blake has more of like. Jordan Poole's been disappointing, but Jordan Poole yeah. is still a keeper. Darius Garland is, is still a keeper. So, like, his his names are more at the back end of the draft, and his first his – first, uh, so, like, his first-round picks are already more open. But I'm trying to trade, hey, I'll give up Damian Lillard. I'll give up Devin Vassell. I'll, like, for anything in the late round, like, I – this – I would probably trade 
not that he would do this, but like, would I trade Tyler Hero for in the seventh for Dame Lillard and Devin Vassell, or maybe <clears throat> Dame Lillard? Or maybe. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You would do that. Are you kidding me? I don't, I would have to think of, I would do it for sure for Dame Lillard and Devin Vassell. I don't know for sure about just Dame Lillard, but probably. I don't know. I, if, like, if I were you, I would do that for Dame. Like, hands down. But then again, I, I'm a big fan of Paul won the championship pushing all his chips in. Ethan right, and won the championship kind of pushing all his chips and, in. And, and, yeah, but and, I pushed uh, all my chips in last year and didn't win the championship. No. You didn't have enough chips. You I had great. all the you chips. Cashed, you cashed out your chips to get Jokic. And then you started this year with a grand prize and new chips. You Liar. What, what Paul did was trade future keepers to stack Dame and Steph when he could only keep one of them. And then he won it all. And... And, but he didn't give up his best players to get. I think you guys are also underrating Tyler Hero a little bit, but. Oh, I think Tyler Hero's great. I've tried to trade for him, knowing that, like, it's not going to happen. You're not going to give me Tyler Hero. I but, think like, you're if you're. Sorry, Max, go ahead. If you're thinking that, that like, like, I think Tyler Hero in the seventh is great value, but if you're not willing to trade. Tyler Hero for Dame Lillard this year, knowing that Tyler Hero isn't even a top three keeper for you, then what are we doing? You know, like I think he is a top three keeper for me. Is he? Because I I looked at your list and I was like, oh, this is pretty strong. I'm just saying, so like this year, and again, this is very short sighted stat wise, and Tyler Hero's been hurt, but Tyler Hero this year is averaging 23, 5, and round up five. Dame Lillard is averaging 26, five and six. Right. But I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I you didn't really have keepers. You traded everything for Jokic. I ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that Hero is a. In the seventh is a very good keeper. I think that Dame for this season in a vacuum. Right now, his numbers are only marginally better, to your point right there. I think that his numbers will continue to balloon because he's only going to get more comfortable playing in this new situation. Um, Whereas, uh, I think Tyler Hero is doing what he's doing. I mean, I'm not saying, like, Dame Lillard is obviously better than Tyler Hero. I'm not trying to say, like, well, their stats are the same, but Tyler Hero is six rounds later. That's why I'm saying, like, I would consider. I think I would do it, but I would. I would yeah, probably yeah, try I, to get something else added in there, like probably not as something as big as I would try Devin Vassell, but like, give me something, a little something extra, just as like insurance, because I've also been burned by Dame Lillard twice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny how in any of these leagues, whatever the sport, like we all have that guy. For me, it was uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Dude, Nurkic is having a good game. I'm watching it right no, now. No, I don't even want to hear about it. It's, I'm telling you, he's crashing the boards. He's so limber, you know? He clearly stretched before the game. He's not getting hurt at all today. <laughs> um, here's one that I uh, – that it, and it kind of is perfect because this guy has Nurkic. We talked about Greg's team earlier – He's four and one, but then also like his roto is kind of bad, but then also who fucking cares? Cause he's four and one, but he's, I feel like the most 50, 50 on, if he wants to, if he could be a buyer or a seller, 
I think he could realistically go either direction, but I do think that he could, um, I think if he wants to be a buyer, his cash in token is a SAR Thompson who has been the Thompson twin that actually plays and is the one that's in the later rounds. And, uh, dude, Kevin Herter's on one too. Like, who traded the better Thompson? I can't. Re- I can't remember who traded that guy. Exactly what I wanted. I have the worst Thompson who's been. Well, he's not worse. He's just been hurt, so he hasn't been playing. But uh, either way, like, so he could cash out with his Thompson twin and get more win now pieces on top of like you know Donovan Mitchell, DeRozan. What like, would you give up for Thompson right now? Me. Like pick pick your roster and then just pick someone random roster that makes sense. Well, I'm my mind in that sense initially goes to the what team round is Thompson again? That are losing seventh. like the eighth, seventh, seventh, seventh. He's in the seventh. He's in the seventh. So I would, but I mean, my I, my mind initially is like it's would be one of the teams at the bottom of the current standings like you were just saying so like i would uh i would do let's see chase's team i would do chris stops yeah i think i would do chris stops in the third for uh no that's not a good i know chris stops just i think didn't chris stops just get hurt but i would do chris stops yeah chris stops in a piece for sure, especially because Greg's a Celtics fan. That helps. Right. I don't think he would. I don't know if Chase would give up another piece. I don't think so either. I don't even think Chase would give up Chris Dabbs. I texted Chase saying, hey, realistically, what would it take to get RJ Barrett? And what I got was a thumbs down reaction to my text. And I was like, <laughs> All right, man. Like RJ Barrett is who he drafted this year in the eighth round. Okay. Like, what do you want? Like, what? It, I'm not asking for one of your top five round guys. Like I'm just give me some trade chatter, name something outrageous. So I can just say, Oh, okay. So we're not on the same page. He just gave me a thumbs down. So I, I'm not sure that chase is in the market at all. Yeah. David's team. It's, it's tough because I think, well, it's not tough, but it's, he would have to probably give up two pieces to get Thompson, but then it's like, it's like, I feel like any one piece isn't enough. And a lot of the two player combinations are like too much. It would be Derek white and something. Cause it's same. Right. round, So it makes sense. Like this is probably not enough, but like Chris Middleton forgot how to play basketball. Kind of like, well, would, I think would, doesn't know his role right now. Having right. A- like, but would David give up Chris Middleton and Derek white? Um, oh, I think he would, but I don't know that that doesn't sound like enough to me because again, I am, I have concerns about Middleton, not, not knowing what is, he's played so long with a point guard and a big that are elite defensive players and he could be the primary scorer. And now he's not the primary scorer or the primary ball handler. And I don't think he knows, again, I think they'll get it all figured out. But I don't want to, like, if I, you know, I'm not going to look to acquire him for a young piece to have him as a win now when I think it's going to take them until later in the season to really hit their stride. That's, I, you know, I, Derek White, 
and like or like Drew Holiday and something. But to your point, White's in the same round, so he makes more sense in this fan fiction. What about Blake's team? Uh, let's talk like Vucevic and Smart for Asar and something. I mean, I think Blake does that in a heartbeat. I don't. I just don't know if Greg would do that. I think yeah, Greg does. I, think that. I need to see. Uh, Smart just got injured. He he's he's been w- walking around in a walking boot. Well, and even if he is, even if it's not serious, like I need to see what Smart's role is um, when Ja comes back. Obviously, I think he's going to be on the floor a lot because he's elite defensively and he's their heel. And so he's got to be out there to get under people's skin, but they're not going to, you know, John uh, Bain are going to give you a lot of scoring and ball handling. So I need to, I, I need some sort of assurance that Marcus Smart's going to get run with the second unit. And then I think, I think Greg would ask for Vucevic and Capella. He's bottom ish and re- he's bottom ish and rebounds. Like bottom four. I like that, that trade. And that solves his rebound problems. He gets he gives up a guy that's that's getting a ton of rebounds, but he's getting back two guys that average ten rebounds a game. If Blake were willing I don't, to do that, I think Greg just ruins his genes. Just ruins his genes. Oh no, genes. I it, it's a you know, I think to Andrew's point, it's tough to pull the trigger from the Blake side of it because it's like yeah, like next week, my team is going to be worse and his team is going to be better. But yeah. in the long run, um, we're talking about like if it, if it were the trade deadline today. Right, right. And that's the other thing is, and this goes, I, Andrew already said this, is uh, the trade deadline is obviously ways away, but, and it's probably too early to like be a true all out seller, but the people that sell first, set the market and often um and have the widest market to pick from and so um like i think in that sense it's also a little bit of a game of chicken in terms of when is too early to truly be a seller versus setting like when are you being savvy and setting the market but in principle in the long run i like that trade for both sides now, Greg could also be a seller is what is like he has. Uh, He's four and one. He, he can't look at selling right now. Like, no, I. this is, again, looking down the line like he could because I think he has a lot of good players, but I also don't think he has a lot of good keepers like like he kept Robert Williams in the 14th. And then Robert Williams ended up being the backup in Portland. And then Robert Williams ended up getting a season ending injury. So like he's already, you know, now he can just replace that with Thompson in the seventh as it stands, but it's like DeRozan's getting old and Chicago might trade him and Jeremy Grant's in Portland, but Portland sucks right now. And they're not. Jeremy Grant's also getting a little old too, isn't he? Yeah. And so it's like he's drafted in twenty fourteen. They won't stay good the rest of this year for Greg. But in terms of Greg thinking long term, if he's like, you know, can I beat Trevor? Can I beat Mark? If the answer is no, maybe I want to go in the other direction. Because right now, for instance, like I cannot. I've already lost to Mark, and I would be insecure for my matchup with Trevor if it was this week. 
but I believe in my ability to train my way up to their level. And whereas can Greg trade his way up to their level or can he just make his team better and preserve a playoff spot and then <clears throat> playoffs like so and that that's why or that's why greg is my is such an interesting team because he's i he, i truly feel like he has a he's right on the fence even though he's four and one it's you know once you're in the playoffs everyone's zero and zero you're right you know, this is another fun one i didn't think about like because no one expected chuck's team to do what chuck's team is doing but like tyrese Maxey is is the shit but would Chuck trade Tyrese Maxey to David for, again, pick four guys from my roster? Nope. The reason I think no is because Maxey is – because just knowing Chuck in baseball, the, like this is, yeah, he won't this is trade based in your denial of Chuck not wanting to trade you Seager. Like you're still in denial and you still think that you can get Seager and you can't. Oh, same 100%. thing is going to be true with Maxi. Like Max, he's I like on some with some people's ownership strategy. Maxi might get traded, but I think Chuck, when he's got a guy that he really likes that's young, and I think Maxi was Chuck's first pick in the keeper new guy keeper draft. Uh, he's going to give him the Seager treatment, in my opinion. And I'm just yeah. talking about the Seager trade thing. Unless, unless like. He's able to match up with Chase, and Chase is willing to do the unimaginable. I cannot imagine him moving Maxi. Like Maxi is who he's going to build his team around from here on out. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, we're obviously thinking about. I I think the person who should start the the trade sell thing is Paul. Who knows what happens with Josh Giddy? Like Scotty Barnes is great, but like giving he can rebuild his entire team in one year, giving up Steph and Kawhi to a, a win now he could get a top end keeper for that in my opinion or two guys and make his keeper super deep yeah paul's team is is an interesting one because he kind of he he won it all and then he was a buyer again the next year lost in the playoffs and then last year he was a seller for the first time and i think he was thinking he would make a uh a rebound of this year, which he still might, but he's two and three and he ranks pretty low in Roto as well. But the only reason I know he was a seller last year is because I traded him uh, like OG Ananobi and, um, and I guess that's the only guy he kept from all that, but like, he's got a lot of good players, but are, is, you know, if he keeps, any five out of these again, even if let's pretend the Josh Giddy stuff, like let's just pretend he somehow magically vindicated and he can, you know, be kept at the full value that we thought he was at before we knew what we knew back at draft time. Uh, disavow all the shit if he really did it, but just like for analytical purposes, uh, <clears throat> I don't think he has a five, a group of five that, he keeps that is uh that puts him any better for next year after the draft than he would be would have been this year after the draft i don't know like for me if if he trades like Kawhi, like if he like realistically from a top-end talent standpoint 
Steph Curry and Kawhi gets him what? Because like he didn't keep Steph because he was in a perfect situation of I got second, like I'm second in Roto, like I'm second in the lottery, and I'll put Steph back in the draft because I'll draft Wimby if he's there. If not, I'll take Steph again. Right. So so if he keeps like you have, I'm gonna keep Michael Bridges and Scotty Barnes. Like I think Steph Curry and Kawhi betters his keepers than just him keeping Kawhi like he did last year. Um, I also I don't think that his team is bad enough for us to be having this conversation. I I personally think his roto scores are because he has like four or five players on his roster that shouldn't be on anyone's roster. Which some of it like Casey Wallace and Anthony Black. I well, guess Casey Wallace is. Is that's also Paul doesn't get enough minutes because the Thunder have a ton of good guards. But and Anthony Black is in the same same little uh log jam there in yeah. Orlando, even though he's better than a lot of the guys that are getting minutes. But like Jarris Walker, I know he drafted him, but like how long can you hang on to him and keep losing? Jeremiah Robinson Earl, like Paul is in last in the league in moves. Um yeah, he does need to make moves. He needs to make moves. Like Paul has had him since November 10th. And since November 10th, he's played. Well, I mean, he hasn't played in their last five games. Jeremiah Robinson Earl hasn't. So I, I just like, don't think his team is like, like Dort is in my opinion, not like, don't get me wrong. Like he's in a late enough round to where it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Like in my opinion, about Dort. like Dort is not like a guy that like no, Dort at is, this point is, at all is he, a guy that is well in, in terms of contributing to winning in real life. <laughs> right, right. I'm talking fantasy, about purely from right, a fantasy I'm, perspective for our listening audience's edification. Right. That, Dort I, is Dort is not a guy in in my opinion. Like, and again, I know Giddy has shit going on, and like he's young, but. Even uh, like not not that young, not as young or, as some people, right? But know. even like Giddy has not had a good year. Like Giddy has not been good. Like to me, he's like a better ver- like later round, obviously. But like he's almost like he's already Chris Paul, like what Chris Paul is now. He's going to get you ten to a twelve points with high high assists. I know they're wrong with that. Well, I was, yeah. I mean, again, I think not um, when you're building. You're like those are the guys he's built. Like building this team around oh yeah no chris paul was just a guy i drafted a little too early because i realized i didn't have any guards or assists when i say that giddy's only averaging four and a half assists this year his average is 12 6 and 4 and that's again that's not bad that's not bad like that is rosterable and that is draftable but that is not a like those are two guys that like those are not long term like those in my opinion aren't keepers yeah you're not locking in that to go right, oh, so Mike, we're going to attack anybody who's a better keeper than the guys that he kept. And he kind of kept six guys to your point with the Steph thing, but he didn't draft anybody who's now a better value. It's yeah. It's not like Casey Wallace is like Thompson in the seventh. Would, any- would it make his team better long-term for him to trade Steph Curry and Kawhi for, and I don't know if he, for LaMelo ball. Well, I wouldn't do it for LaMelo ball specifically, but I think it would, make his team better long-term because i don't think his team is like a realistic content like 
he has solid late round guys, but he doesn't have enough at the top, in my opinion. Yeah, it's can you beat Trevor and can you beat Mark? And there's a and a couple of the others, but like just because we've we've talked about them being kind of our top tier, or at least they're my that's my top tier is those two teams. Like, and it doesn't have to be right now, but it's like, do you think you have the infrastructure to make the moves to be on that tier with them in February and March? Because that's to my point. I think none of us three are on their tier right now, but I think we all the infrastructure to take what we have and do our ad drops and make trades and level up. That doesn't mean that we will. And I think the same thing is true for like Luke's team, uh, Brennan's team, <clears throat> Chuck's team. Uh, I was just about to comment on Luke's team because yeah, we like, have not talked about Luke's team tonight. We've I, got to some I personally, I really think that Luke has got the goods right now to like his team's three and two. And you know, like it, Clearly, he's in the superior division going three and two. Granted, against the division, he's one and two. So it just goes to show how difficult it is playing over here. Um, <laughs> but like, if you look at his team, he's got the goods. Granted, it's aided by the fact that he was able to pick up Jaden Ivey off the street. Thanks, Victor. Um, but like, like Bankero has been phenomenal. Yeah. Halliburton is on a new level making all kinds of people look stupid. Um, but like if, if, or once Simons comes back and if Nick Richards gets regular minutes, like he doesn't have a whole lot of weakness to his roster. Like he's got good balance and great counting stats, like really, really good counting stats. Like nobody on his team gets less than double digits per game on points. Um, the lowest being, it looks like Sexton right now which is kind of shocking given like, I know that was one of his earlier picks. I guess he's had a, I I'm not going to watch the Utah jazz play basketball. I'm not going to do it. You can't make <laughs> me do it. I have one. I still won't do it. Yeah. Luke's I agree. Luke's team is another one where it's like, he has like the two big guys that can carry you in rebounds. He has Halliburton who is going to lead the league in assists. And then also Devin Booker gets nine. So he has two guys there that can carry and compete with most teams and assists. And he has, you know, I, I, he has like the top end scoring with Halliburton and Devin Booker, but then also just has a ton of depth scoring. So he's another guy. If, if again, Devin Booker can get hurt, like he's got some injury things, but like if his team stays healthy, he's one that's, that's really scary in my opinion, based off of like his team is better than the record's been so far. Keeper wise, if you look at his potential keepers, he's thin. Like whenever we traded Bruce Brown being keepable was a part of the trade for him. And I was like, okay, well, I, what, you know, now I look at the keepers and I kind of get it. Um, I don't think what you, route. Oh, Bruce Brown's in the 13th. Yeah. If you're Luke. Yeah. Okay, looking at his keepers, knowing he's got Devin Booker in the fifth, Simons or Devin Booker in the second, Simons in the fifth, Evan Mobley in the sixth, a homer pick who's also really good on his team. But overall, aside from Halliburton in the ninth, kind of underwhelming. Would you be willing to push your chips in and go Halliburton for the biggest package of players you have to offer? A top five inarguable fantasy 
player in the ninth round, arguably a top. I mean, it's a top two keeper in the league, right? Yeah. Now. I mean, I think it would, I think Halliburton's a top in, five pick in a redraft league right now. Halliburton. Right. And he's in, in the ninth in a, uh, if Halliburton was put on the block hypothetically, I think he would merit the largest return that any player would have gotten in a trade so far, which was set last year with Andrew trading. <laughs> I can't remember the four it players was... specifically, but it was Andrew basically saying you can have any four players. Well, everyone's heard the story, but it's you can have any four players on my team for Jokic. And Andrew traded basically it was Siakam or keepers. Siakam, Levine, Kawhi Leonard, and something else that I don't remember. You traded your top four keepers for Jokic. And so I feel like Halliburton, it would cost at least four somebody's top four keepers. I'd and- argue though, those like none of the keepers I gave up were after the fifth round. So right. that, that but does play into Hall- it a That lot. was for uh, Jokic in the first. This is right, Halliburton right. in the ninth. And so I feel like it would command... You know, I don't know. It, it's always case by case with who the specific players are in their round, but that was the most ever given up for one asset. And I think Halliburton would be worth more than that. If oh, I'm 100%. Chase, I go look at my roster, pick three. Right. That would be. I don't know. Go, I don't. I don't know. Is if, is that, I don't think he'd do that. Why not? Yeah, because it'd be, it'd be Giannis, Kevin Durant, and Zion. I guess I don't yep. think he does that. Why not? Because then he like then he has Devin Booker and Zion. I'm not talking about I'm talking about if he does that, he immediately becomes my favorite to win the ship. Immediately. And if he doesn't have the depth of keepers right now, is I disagree with the depth of keepers for him. Like because I think Bruce again, Bruce Brown's not a great keeper, but he can be a keeper in the twelfth round, like in the thirteenth round. Jalen Williams, he's not worth keeping for some teams. And same Jaylen thing with Williams is, is absolutely a keeper in the twelfth, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Jalen Williams is a keeper, and and it's worth just remembering. You know, the Suns have played seventeen games as of when we're recording this, at least, and he missed the first eight of them. And so, like in terms of Luke's roto score um you know he is what sixth in roto and that's with missing all of devin booker's contributions for half of our season so far so you, really you, he is 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 there going to be a situation where halliburton puts up better fantasy stats than this though ever the point is that i, I think, think this is doable for the next seven up, years yeah at least but where there isn't another like pacer worth mentioning in the same sentence. I mean, I, mean, I think if that happens, you have the number one uh, offensive rating of all time. Like there's three now, granted it's, this is a partial season being compared to full season numbers from past years, but like there's three teams this year fronted by Indiana, whose offensive rating, which is points per hundred possessions is higher than the NBA record entering this season. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do think, I do think Luke's in a position where for for him to like, he's also someone that like Paolo's great, but like it would take, I think like he's someone that could take on a first rounder and be like, all right, I'm putting Paolo back and I'll keep this new first rounder. But I think he'll need a guy like he'll need 
those like a Zion type keeper in the fifth or later round. Like who like Zion, yes, he's back this year, but I'm not sure Zion even likes to play basketball. And, and to me, and at any time Zion, he can save the Zion keeper for me is is less interesting than if you replace his current like okay, and this is foregoing the fact that again he becomes the number one seed immediately, in my opinion, if he does this, but he gets so all of a sudden he's got uh Greek freak Giannis in the first, Devin Booker in the second, Kevin Durant in the fourth, plus those other keepable guys you talked about. It's not like he's taking a bath keeper wise. You know what I mean? He still is going to have, he would still have solid keepers to work from next year, but it's also pushing the number one most valuable thing in the league right now at its highest value to date into the center and going, I'm going to win the ship this year. Like to, I, I would do it. If chase said, pick three, I would pick those three and I would go and I'd fucking beat everybody and rub everyone's dumb faces in it. That's what I love. That's what I love about these leagues is there's so much variance in how people approach these things. Cause that's such an aggressive win right now mindset. Whereas to your point, like chase or like Chuck would just never even entertain like Halliburton would just die on their teams, which that's not wrong either. It's just like, those are the two ends of the the spectrum. I feel like I think Luke is close enough to being great already having Halliburton. I guess that's what Max is saying too. And so cash him in and be great. But I think my point is continue to grow and cash in other lower pieces because I think Halliburton, it can make you great. I mean, he's gonna, his assist to turnover is, uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have over those. Like I get the, I get Giannis. I think I'd rather have Cade Cunningham, Jamal Murray, Julius Randle, and another guy. Or would you rather take like Greg? Would you rather take Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, Demar Derozan, and Nurkic? No, I'd still rather pick three from Chases. Now, granted, I wouldn't do any of this if. Halliburton was on the Cavaliers. Okay. Like I, I would never advise that having like Andrew did. I, I made fun of Andrew's Jokic trade, but he did the right thing. Getting Luca. I have had Jose Altuve on my fantasy team since the founding of the league. And it's the best thing about fantasy baseball. For and me. you're an Astros. So like, yes. And I'm an Astros fan. So like, and he's by far my favorite baseball player of all time. So like I, if if that were the case, not even a conversation. But I, I think he just acquired Halliburton at the right time for the right price, uh, Academy. Um, but like now, I, I I do I don't know. I'm a big fan of pushing your chips in. I, I would. I think he it. has. I think that chip is. I think he has other ch- like. I know this isn't your point. I think he has later keepers that are big enough, good enough chips to make his team like his team doesn't have to get that much bet. Like it's already a really good team. Like Jalen Williams could get him a guy. Sure. From, from one of these bottom like teams. I think it's going to take a lot. And I know we've brought it up multiple times, but there are those top two teams that everybody's just kind of looking up to for either of those two teams right now to 
Like if we were going to the playoffs right now for either of those top two teams to lose, we would consider it a major upset. Very possible. Something that happens in fantasy all the time. It's the beauty of it. But I think Trevor will do that once jaw comes back and plays like five games. I think he'll shop jaw right away. I don't know. He's been waiting a long time to watch jaw. Like, I, I think that that would be the only thing holding him back is him going, Oh my gosh. Jaw just put up a couple good games. This is so fun. I love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna start betting on Grizzlies games, which is not a positive or a negative. No, it's a negative thing. Um, but I, I I'm not sure that he might. I don't know. Trevor's the kind that would push all his chips in if he didn't already have all the chips. You know, like I mean, saying his team is already awesome without Jaw. Like probably not. Like he already has the keepers. Would it's he true. take? I mean, would he take Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Steph Curry for Jaw? Yes, I think so. And like that makes his team even better. Yeah, I, and, and I he think already has the he already has yeah. the young the young keeper. I mean, again, if I'm if I'm David, like again, but Jaw is such a risk. Like, is it worth David or Blake saying, "Hey, I'll give you"? Cade Cunningham. I'll give you Jamal Murray, Chris Middleton, and Julius Randle for Jaw. Okay, this is a side convo, but you said like we've talked about Jaw being a risk. I like to joke around about it a lot, but let's say we're on we're we're able to place bets right now. What are the odds, in your opinion, that after Jaw comes back, he gets a gun related suspension? Because for me, it would be like plus four hundred, right? Do you do you think there yeah, are I mean, I, it's more likely than that? No, I well it's I guess I mean, it's tough for me. I to thought say. it would be not not a thing the last time and then it happened very right. quickly after. <laughs> I want it to not happen again. So I'm like like I like Jai. I want him to just like be you know, I don't give a shit what he does in his private life, but I want him to uh like be on the court and playing and so, like, I'm rooting for him to get his act together in that sense, but we will. <clears throat> so, but I don't know how to actually handicap whether he will or no. But, but that's the thing. It's, it's a, it's a worry thing. So, if you're trading for Jaw, you have to factor that in. But how real is it? Like, how actually worried if you're trading for Jaw? Like, in any trade negotiation, I'm going to go, well, Jaw. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd argue that like plus 400 isn't great, but we make plus 400 bets parlay bets every night absolutely and we're great betters <laughs> and we make a lot of money gambling i get that we don't need to to pat ourselves on the back here i'm just saying that's where i would currently handicap it and like like i would say as a reference that's where they would put rookie of the year people after wemby and uh like like the third or fourth best rookie of the year odds is probably around plus 400 so I would still consider it a long, long shot. Yeah, but I think there's, there's, to your point, there's options, especially, again, back to this theme of being early on the market, of being a seller, like you can find other good young player options that are less of a risk than Jaw, regardless of what the number is on his handicap. I think your larger point is true, is that it's not zero. And it's not minus. So it's... You know, if you're early on the market, you can be like, I don't want to take the risk. I'm going to look at, you know, if you're a later seller, by I guess by then also, Jaw will have come back. 
Um, I, Trevor's a prime target, though. For Trevor loves Trevor's another guy that loves to trade, and once football is over, I think he'll be more active trading in basketball for sure. I'm I'm really shocked he hasn't already been active trading. Like, I think he might be waiting to see. Like, I don't think he'll trade Jaw unless he's like, let me give me your throat before Jaw plays a little bit. Yeah, I think he's. I texted him. I texted him in like after the draft, after I traded for Luca again, little drunk. And go, hey, what do you want? Like, realistically, what do you want for Jaw? And he goes, to be honest, like, you're not going to give me what I want. I still want a top 15 keeper for Jaw. And at the time, I really only had Luca, which I'm not going to give up Luca for Jaw Morant. So I think, which is like, again, like off season, you can ask whatever you want, but I think his price on Jaw is still crazy. And I think he's take, I think, especially where his roster is, it's like, I'll trade jaw for something. And if it doesn't work out, I already, I still have five keepers. Uh, by the way, UTA up 11 against Abilene Christian in the second. Love that. Absolutely yep. love that. Go Mavs. UT Arlington fans here, a bunch of them. So uh, we're mm-hmm. excited. Ethan, this, this, uh, I mean, I'm, I can talk about this all night, but what would, what would you realistically take right now for Brandon Miller. Cause I know we talked about, we talked about um, Greg and the good Thompson, like, and again, I think Thompson is, is like, I think they're similar right now. What, what would you take for Brandon Miller? I would take, Oh, I mean, I, I, uh, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about, what I would take for him, but I would absolutely be willing to trade him because he is not anywhere near my top five in terms of my keeper. So I, because your roster, as much as like, you're not going to say it, your roster is like, especially like depending on what you could get for Brandon Miller, like is in a spot where it it's like right there, right below. Like, yeah, I the, like, I, yeah, I you're like going for it. Right. The second tier, in my opinion, right behind Trep. Trevor and Mark, you're probably, in my opinion, you and like it's you're probably like number one in that next tier. Yeah. And so like, depending on what you can get for like a Brandon Miller, and, and like Brandon Miller and something to get a huge upgrade. So I just, especially because we spent a lot of time talking about Greg's Thompson that was Max's, like what you would realistically realistically take for Brandon Miller. I think I would take. uh I mean, what I would really want is is three point shooting, because I like right now I my shooting percentages are are like I'm good in counting stats. I'm bad at stocks, but I'm not necessarily going to be trading for steals and blocks. But I would trade for like I'm number one in field goals made, and then I'm in the bottom five in field goal percentage and like I'm uh, in the top five and three pointers made and in the bottom five and three point percentage. And so it's, I, my bigs are great rebounders that don't really look to create offense for themselves. Like Aiton and Gobert. Um, Embiid is a, is a unicorn. Like Embiid is contributes everything to me, but I what I would love is somebody who is just like a, gonna be a, like a good 
I only really shoot from three, but I shoot 40% from three. Like uh, Kyle Korver would type of guy. He obviously, that's a current reference, but you know what I mean? Uh, that said, I am also like, I'm chilling on kind of something that has been mentioned with some of these other young guys too. Like I'm, I'm chilling to on them for right now, just to see where they're like playing it like a stock where even if I have no intention of keeping him, if I think that his play, like him being Brandon Miller, sorry, will improve, uh, which I do like, I'm just, I guess I'm just betting on him. So it's like, I would rather trade him. Even if I get an offer I like right now, I would have to take someone's throat to do it right now. But I would be, you know, that's because I think I'll be able to trade him for more in six or eight weeks. So I'm going to run down just guys that are on in, you know, the top 15 or 20, like in three point percentage. And again, not that that's the only thing you're looking for. And I'm only realistic guys that you would do this for. Like Steph Curry, you would do it in a in a heartbeat. Obviously, so yeah. he, he, like that instantly. Um, Buddy Healed, man. Uh but just Buddy Healed is shooting. I guess this is last. Yeah, this is last year. So hold on, please hold. Hey. Well, and regardless, again, that's like Buddy Healed's a good example anyway of. I would trade him for Buddy Heald if the trade deadline was tonight, but I think I can, I think he can get me more than Buddy Heald closer to the deadline. Like I wouldn't do that deal today. Would you trade him for Paolo Banchero? Yes. Paolo is shooting 43.6%. Yeah. Paolo, Paolo fucks. I actually think, uh, would you trade him for Devin Vassell? Not so closer to the deadline, no. That's not like a that wouldn't be a slam dunk, yes, like the um like Bancaro. I'm trying to find one where it's like, I think so, but it's real close. Well, that's where it's like uh yeah, like with Vassell, it's like I think that's a pretty fair trade, but I wouldn't but well, I mean, you all, there is also the risk of like, oh, like yeah, he you're, could have getting worse, right, but then I, not I get guess anything. I'll just put him back in the draft. I'm not the one that needs to rebuild. I'm the one that right. Is, but arguably, you might you are you are maybe a guy that needs to get a guy. I'm a hundred percent a guy that needs to get a guy because I've already measured up against like Mark and Chuck and Brennan, and I've lost all of those battles. What so, about Jeremiah Grant? Jeremiah Grant. Um, Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremiah is was a bullfrog, dude. Jeremiah was a bullfrog Grant. I, <laughs> why? Why uh, not? 42.6% from three. I mean, that is. This year. Very good. And shoots six threes a game. Six and a half threes a game. So, I mean, yeah, that would be, especially because. He's uh, in the ninth, and I could flip him again if I if I wanted to. Like I think I would do that trade because D'Angelo it, Russell. 
I think I just have a, a stigma with. I just about. you know I wouldn't do that. Like Angela I, Russell's in the, is in the sixth. I I'd think he's pretty good. Well, and and so that's another one where it's like, yeah, maybe because I wouldn't keep, you know, him in the sixth over uh, Jalen Brown, nor would I keep whoever we we're just talking about in the ninth over uh, Anthony Edwards. But I would still maybe be able to trade them to someone else to keep in those rounds, right? Um, but with with Russell, like I again, I don't need to make that move. I'd rather do it for somebody that's in a later in a later round than Miller or who is like a throat rip. But again, that's but I don't, a, but I don't think that I think that the players that the people who would be trading for Brandon Miller are the guys that are looking to trade early round guys for later keeper. True, that's true. Luke would uh, Luke would be ill advised to trade, in my opinion, to trade Big Caro for. Uh, I don't think he would do that. Goal. I was just running guys that I think he I would see. have said I yes or maybe to that had the the higher three point percentage, but like. And I was on like a stat page where like it was just sorted by three point percentage. No, I mean I dig that. I uh I yeah, it's it's uh what about Cade Cunningham? Now nah, I'm I am all the way out on the pistons. Is that because they just <laughs> lost the wizards two nights ago? Perhaps. But let me tell you, I have I have looked into the innermost circle of hell and it is that basketball game and the wizards won so i'm all the way out on all of the pistons oh well damn dude they have except for thompson they have james wiseman dude i'm all the way out on james wiseman like the i'm in on him for the wizards but i'm all the way out on the wizards so i don't really you know i'm that sort of still makes me out on wiseman anyway uh i ultimately the i think it the buyer seller thing it needs to be initiated by a seller anyway as opposed to like talking about it from the the buyer side because i'm in you know i'm in no rush to make a move until the deadline it's the sellers who if they want to get in early need would need to you know, See, but I, I look at it the same way because if, if we're saying like it benefits the seller to sell early because they set the market, if the buyer buys first, then they aren't. Yeah, but I want to know what I need. What if I buy on what if I buy on rebounds while I'm because I feel like I'm good enough at at most categories, but like what if I for instance, buy on rebounds, and then I have an assist guy that goes down. And I'm like, shit, I really wish I could, one, still have Brandon Miller right now, and then two, trade him for an assist guy if I needed to. Like, that's the thing is, if I am if I feel okay to make the playoffs, I don't need to have my playoff roster until it's time to be done trading, is how right. I view And Well, but, that, and that makes sense. So I just think that there's that's also something. My, not the way, it's just my way. Right. I, cause I also think there's something to be said, like, Hey, I want to go get a guy. Like, would it, would it benefit me to go trade for Dame Lillard right now? Because later towards the trade deadline, he's going to cost more because more teams are looking to buy and I can set my own price compared to, you know, that's also applies to the buyer, not just the seller. That's true. Because like, think about in our football league right now, 
right? The seller is set like because the it's not the same thing, but like you can't trade for a quarterback right now because the market was set too high. True. It does set uh it really does set so much precedent for especially not just because of I think people's managing strategies, but also because of the group text politics. It's right. like if you've seen a trade go down and then you trade on a different scale, ultimately you should do what you think is going to make your team better. This is one of the things that Max does really well that I'm in just across sports that I'm trying to get better at is like, yeah, let experts and like the, you know, the podcast with actual smart people, like let them guide how you do it. But like, if you really believe in something, then fucking really believe in it and do it. And don't be worried that it's like, it goes in the face of, uh, you right, know, that you're going to get seven text messages after yes, about exactly. like, how dare you? Because two weeks later, someone else is going to make another trade and it's going to, it is what it is. We're all just going to talk about that. Exactly. And so it's um, in that sense, do, you know, whatever it is that you want to do but i do think that yeah like group text politics make the setting of the market like such a, a literal measuring stick um and uh, i'm saying for myself as well like it's so it is it is to your point i do think think there's real benefit for like getting in early to set the market but uh yeah that'll be that will be interesting um before we uh, wrap up with a little trivia, is there uh, anything that you guys were, I feel like we mm -hmm. just just like talked about ways to take apart and put back together every single team in the league. I feel like we usually end with like, all right, and now make some sort of sales pitch for trades for your team or whatever, but we just did that for two hours. Dude, you guys haven't heard the past like five minutes of me talking at all no no i thought, I you, thought were just, you were just listening no i thought you guys were ignoring me because i was i have been shouting um, <laughs> like because so my only and i'm gonna make it fast my input is in the football league we have a dirty stinking rat okay that ruins <laughs> all trade talks around one specific position that's important and the basketball league doesn't have this issue. And, you know, there's no such thing as a quarterback in the basketball league. But no, no, I don't think, I think it's a rat issue. It's a rat, rat, rat issue. And, and no other, nothing else there. Um, I have a side note. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has 35 points, just saying. Wow. Is that good? Is that good? I think it's pretty good. Are they playing? Uh, uh, you want to hear Goga's line? Detroit. Because I'm sure that's what everybody's Oh, doing. okay. So they're not they're playing a G League team, dude. Hey, what do you what do you want them to do, man? Do you want them to not play? You want them to sit out? I guess they'll no, I mean, I just I'm just be the honorable back thing. to insulting the Pistons, so frankly. That, that stopped even being about Russell at the end there. Um I want to hear the Goga line. Yes. Eight points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a block. And they four. the Wizards, who are two of the other garbage team in the league. I'm just kidding. Four for uh, four from the charity stripe. Not something you see from a big man every day. Mark if, you, if you, Mark, if you listen to this show, and God bless you if you've listened all the way to the end, get in the group text and let us know if you think Goga is going to stay in the rotation after 
Wendell Carter comes back. I Dude, know. I hope he'll, be, he'll, he'll stay in the rotation. It's just how much, like how much, how will his minutes be cut? Because like Mark, Wendell Carter will. Uh, yeah, give us your opinions on Wendell Carter, Mark. Because I just know him from like I just look at people's stats and what I need in fantasy. But in terms of like real, you know, what you think the coaches are going to do to try and, and win in real life, especially because you're good now. If Mark has anything negative to say about Goga, he'll make an enemy for life because I love Goga. He's um, like, I, I watched him make two dunks. Uh, it was in the quad box and I was watching it and I'm like, oh, there's Goga casually number 35, just drilling it through the hoop like a big freak. Like a big freak. I love him. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with trivia um the uh the listeners i'll i'll give the prompt and then you guys can hit pause and think about it um before i reveal the answer and you can play along at home so the uh the trivia question is there have been nine players to have a 20 point game at age 40 or older LeBron is 38. No, he's not 40 yet, but this was inspired by how well he's playing at his age and at his 21st year in the league. So what we're trying to do is name as many of as we can of the nine players to have at least one 20-point game in the NBA at age 40 or older. We saw one. Are we are we being like Max and I are teammates here, yeah, to try to name as many as we can? Yeah, just go back and forth. Uh, um, Max, go ahead. Ethan and I saw one in person. Um, really, one of the most reckless drunk nights of our lives when we went to Dirk's last home game. Um, yep. It was reckless because we rode scooters uh, from the stadium back home on like not a highway, but it was highway adjacent. And it was boy, a Will Rogers. Uh, it was Boy. a 45 mile an hour speed limit road. And we just like, were in the lane as if we were vehicles and we were hammered like this, this trip could have altered our lives significantly. And we got very lucky. However, I cannot remember the guy's name. It's not Jason Terry. Well, it's... you got for, for what it's worth. Um, Dirk Nowitzki was over 40 and that night is one of the nine correct answers. Jamal Crawford, who is who you're Jamal Crawford. Um, was not 40. Um, he was like was 30, 39 years old. But that oh, was yeah. also his last career game. And he, as a Phoenix son, and the Suns sucked at this time, and Booker was out for the year, and they were they were just the Washington Generals on Dirk's night. But Did he put up he, a 40-burger or 50 no, he scored 50 because – I, again, they were the Washington Generals. Like this was a, all about Dirk's finale, and Dirk had like twenty in the first quarter. He kind of had, he kind of had a similar game script to Kobe's final game, where he gets to take every shot the whole first quarter, and he's m making all these shots, and it's incredible. Places go nuts. Dallas is up by a million. The game, the rest of the game is kind of playing out. They're showing all these segments of tribute to Dirk and all this stuff, and just like very quietly. Jamal Crawford is just getting all these buckets just every single time down the floor. He's completely in his bag. He's just red hot. And I like start noticing. I'm like, this dude's going to get 50. I've never seen 
pro college, high school. Like I've never in person seen somebody get 50 and he's going to do it. So I started rooting for that. And then people started to get a little agitated with me, but I wasn't even rooting against them. I just, why can't we celebrate great basketball all around? Both these teams fucking sucked. I would have been just as content to watch Jamal Crawford play Dirk one-on-one for 48 minutes. Uh, but yeah, he got a 50 burger and it was sweet, but he was not 40 years old, but Dirk was. So that was a correct answer. I'm going to assume like Jordan's probably on there 50 billion times. Yes. Well, it's just about players who've done it at least so, once. Yeah. Yes. Jordan, uh, Jordan wizards. MJ um, is also correct. So that's two. Only I, one of these. Max, we can rotate. We can rotate guesses. I think I have two more for sure. Only- only one what? of these players is not either in the Hall of Fame or going into the Hall of Fame. Oh. That might be the one that I think I know. You're on mute again, Max. <laughs> uh-huh. This is great podcasting. <laughs> great. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of guys that played – that long, like I, I don't think Udonis Haslam has scored twenty points as a age forty or older player. But I'm like, who? Like, uh, it's probably way back. I gotta go. Like, is um, Kareem? Kareem is correct. He is one of two players on this list that achieved this feat in the twentieth century. Everyone else has done it in the two thousands. Ooh. Uh, my Ooh. guess, and I remember this, sir. It was it tickled tickled me. I think Vince Carter did it when he was on Memphis. Yes, Vince Carter is the second oldest player to score twenty in a game. At was he on 20, Memphis? It the list I have here doesn't say it was in 2018-2019 season, mm-hmm. which I believe was his last. And I thought he was on Atlanta that year, but he might have been on Memphis. But he was 42 years in 37 days. Damn. Uh, Is the other person in the 20th century Wilt? No. Shit. Okay. Well, great. So the I have have one of two guys, and they're I'm going to say them both. Did did a one of the the trio Spurs do it? You can't just guess three people. Well, it's I'm going to guess. Was it? Was it Tony Parker? No. It was Duncan. No. It was Ginobili. <laughs> it was the Admiral. <laughs> okay. It was Manny Ginobili uh, was one. So you've gotten Ginobili. You've gotten MJ. You've gotten Dirk. You've gotten Kareem. And you've gotten Vince Carter. So how many we have left? Four. Fuck. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm already proud of us. I can't believe we got four. You got five. I can't believe we got five. How about uh, how old was Kevin Garnett when he retired? Uh, I have no idea, but that's incorrect. That's, that's not him. Okay, anything is possible. Um, I like seriously. The hardest thing for me is just thinking about players who played uh, age forty or older. Uh, how about Shaq? No, but that. Uh... That is a good guess. Like it is obviously like with the Vince Carter answer, for instance, like these are guys that were great, but are 
that doesn't necessarily mean they were great the year they put up 20 once. That's the thing. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think of guys who, did, who wouldn't quit. Did, like, did Carl Malone do it? Carl Malone is correct. Oh. Okay. That's 20th century nonsense right there. What about Stockton? Carl Malone's last year was. Did Stockton do it also? John Stockton's also correct. Holy Stockton's sh- last year was 2003. I figured if Carl Malone played a long time, then like Stockton also played a long time. Yeah. Carl Malone went to the 04, 03-04 Lakers um, after Stockton retired, and it was like, oh, super team. They also had Gary Payton after he left the Sonics, and then they lost in the finals to the Pistons. And then that was that summer that Shaq got traded to Miami. Anyway. That was a period of time where I just did not like any any basketball that happened between like 2001 and 2007. I'm just not aware of. Like I, I'm a, like like whenever Melo and LeBron were drafted, like I saw I saw them on Sports Center all the time, and that's great. But like aside from that, it was all Texans, baby, just suffering, hey, just straight suffering. Well, you're a big baseball guy, like you said. Yeah. Um, it, was it did Matumbo do it? Because I know he played till he was pretty old. Oh, no, no that, it, that's a good guess, but I'll tell you the last two are the for sure the two hardest. One of them's in the 20th century. I'm not sure if you guys know whether you know this player or not. Uh and then I'm very confident based on your guesses, you're not gonna get the other guy. Is it T Mac? Nope. Okay, I didn't know how long T-Mac played for. He could do it, though. But remember, it's not even just how long T-Mac played for. He came right out of high school. So, like, LeBron, for instance, LeBron's still 38, even though he's in his 21st year. So it's, like, guys that played for a a long time. Oh, so we're talking, like, Steve Nash. No. Uh, He played till he was 40? No, the the two players are are one. about, like, Ray Allen? No. We're just going to throw out names, like interrupting Ethan anytime he's about to tell us an answer. We just throw out a name. I mean, go ahead. Shut the fuck up. Okay, fine. We're not going to get it, dick. Um, the other answers are Robert Parrish. Okay. You guys know I, who never, I would is? not have. I, yeah, he played Celtics. for the Celtics, but I would have yeah. never guessed okay. that. Fair. And then, because Max insisted that this wasn't a correct answer, though he had kind of a similar game script in his final game where he got to play a meaningless game and take a bunch of shots. Udonis Haslam. Really? <laughs> oh, Udonis! Ah, last regular man. season game of last season. Legitimately, like a top three guy I thought of. And I was like, no, he was on the bench. Yeah, Udonis, Udonis. Haslam was 42 years and 304 days. He's the oldest player to ever record a 20-point game in the NBA. Damn, Daniel. Ah, Daniel. And he's technically a a three-time champion. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, why Uh, not? He's got to be a coach somewhere or something now, right? Or is he just like, I've I've been paid for so long. I wonder if he's going to go on to coaching. Because the guy that was, hey, you can be on our team till you're 42 and you're never going to play, but you're like a coach, but you're one of the players was Juwan Howard. And then he really did go on to be a, a real coach. So I don't know if Udonis will, but I do feel like coming out of that role, like he would be good at it. I could see that. I could see that. 
Do you guys know that yeah. DeAndre Jordan is playing right now? Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Nuggets have a bunch the of nuts. He had a. He I had thought like, he was done. Yeah, I mean, well, he's just a bench player, but last night he uh, apparently went off. Damn. And it's just he's just filling in for Jokic, but. How I found out is I was looking through matchups and uh, I saw that Max was losing 10 to one. So I was like, what's going on here? And David is definitely playing DeAndre Jordan tonight. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep, yep. With great success. That's a, DeAndre Jordan's been playing just fine. Nurkic, by the way, 17 points, 11 rebounds, five assists so far. They're in the fourth quarter with the I've Suns tr- down six. I've tried to trade for Nurkic. That was one of the many people I texted about. Hey, Daddy needs a center and got a nope. <laughs> well, boy, did I try. For those listening, Andrew loves Derek and he needs a center. Max, not as much anymore, but I do love trading. I'm down to talk trade at any point. Yeah. And if you've made it to this part of the podcast, you know all our thoughts on everyone's teams for trading and everything else for that matter. Yes. So, uh good podcast good pod good pod hopefully good it gets people pod. cooking get yes. cooking on the trade market guys yes we will uh we will see the you waivers group text yeah. like rate and subscribe i don't know where but i guess on spotify but you don't actually have to do that um and yeah,